Mansell with HJ Sports, and today we're going to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside. Just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three eighths, an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarters, and then also our four pin housing, which is an inch and three quarters. We also offer a 10 thousandths pin and a 19 thousandths pin for both single pin and four pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra site is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. 
Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. folks thank you for tuning into another episode of bucks of america podcast but the cooking edition thank you for tuning in on this friday uh for this episode now i have uh, the two heavy hitters from the released outdoors and i have uh lucas and jeremiah line here and they're going to talk about a couple different recipes now the cool thing is about this guys i have no idea what they're going to be talking about so this is going to be exciting for you and me and so hopefully uh lucas will send me his uh, recipes and then we'll i'll put them i'll post them in the show notes so this way you guys have an opportunity to grill them up over the weekend. So, Lucas, man, why don't you take it away? Tell us about your recipes. I will. Jeremiah, did you have anything you wanted to throw in here before I get after it? Nope. Go ahead, man. All right. So, I'll, I'll start with a more common one first. So, uh, my favorite, you know, obviously everybody's favorite cut is backstrap on a deer. So, what I, what I like to do with those is I will, uh, you know, you trim all the silver skin off. And then I actually soak mine in Italian dressing for four or five hours while I'm prepping all my vegetables, prepping, uh, you know, I usually do like a roasted garlic mashed potatoes and asparagus with this, but uh, I like to take that backstrap and you, you just kind of, it's like you're butterflying it, but you're rolling it out at the same time. So you want like a flat, thin meat of backstrap when you're done. Okay. And so you're, like, you're I, trying I, to, you're essentially butterflying roll out and before we go on one step, how long do you let it marinate? Do you, no, excuse me, when you let it marinate, do you put it in the fridge or do you do it at room temperature? Yeah, yeah. It goes in the fridge for four or five hours and then I let it bring, I bring it to room temperature before I basically make my meat mat, as I call it. You know, you, you're, 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 you're basically slicing and rolling the back strap at the same time. So it, it, you oh, end up a, okay. thin long, a thin, long slab of back strap. And then I will, I, I, I layer it. So I'll make a roasted garlic horseradish sauce. Ooh, yum. That I will lay down across the whole thing. And then I will, um, while that's marinating and I'm getting everything ready, I will saute some mushrooms and some onions. And then you just, you just roll it up real tight, like a big sushi roll is what I call it. And then you pin it and you toothpick it. And I get, I like to get my grill. Oh, I'd say about 500 degrees. I want my grill real hot. Because I'm going to go in there and I'm going to char the heck out of it, you know, the outside, get, get a nice crust on the outside. And then I throw it in the oven at 250 for a couple hours until I get the right, I don't know, doneness, you want to call it. And, okay. You know, that's, that, that's personal preference. Everybody does their own spin on that. And I like to, I like mine pretty rare. That's, that's just me. And then you just slice it up and serve it with your roasted garlic, mashed potatoes, and asparagus, and it's it's a home run. I, I've had, I can't tell you how many people that I've turned on to that that say they can't stand venison. You know, they're like, oh man, that's the best beef tenderloin I've ever had in my life. And like, well, <laughs> that's venison, guy. <laughs> that's so that, awesome. That, that's that's one of my favorites. And then the other one I got for you, you know, 
this is kind of a hometown deal here where I'm from. There's a, there's two guys that kind of mentored me growing up and this is one of the things they like to do. So when I'm quartering deer out, I'll take a whole hind quarter and I'll cut it off, you know, at the hawk down there. And I will take that whole hind quarter to my local butcher and he, I'll have him cure it like a pork ham. So they cure that hork, that, oh, I said pork ham. They cure that deer quarter as a pork ham. So when you get it back, it's already cooked, right? So we like to take it another step further. We'll put a mustard base on that bark that's already there. We'll season it with all our favorite seasonings. Usually it's, uh, you know, either the good shit or the bullshit dry rub that you can buy. Okay. And uh, um, we'll throw it back in the smoker for another four or five hours just to get that flavor going. And then okay. we'll bring it into a, a big pan roaster, you know, and we'll cook it another, I don't know, hour and a half in that. And then you just cut it all off the bone and you slice it on a slicer. And it's it's almost like a corned beef pastrami texture after that. Interesting. So you leave and, the bone in then? Yeah, we leave the bone in. You, I, I make a small cut, go in there, remove that lymph node that's in there. Okay. And then I, I literally just leave the bone in, take it to the processor. They smoke it like a pork ham. They inject it, cure it, everything like a pork ham. Okay. I get it back. Put mustard base on it, rub the mustard all over it, and then put all my seasoning on it, smoke it for, I don't know, four or five hours. And we usually smoke real low. We usually smoke at 250, 200 degrees. Oh, all right. I was going to ask you if you do a cold smoke since it's already been cooked, or do you just yeah, go yeah, ahead yeah, and yeah. do a low, low and slow? All right. That makes sense. Low and slow. That way we don't dry it out too bad. And then um, we'll bring it back. We'll cut it off the bone, put it in our meat slicer, and slice it real thin or thick. We'll make sandwiches out of those. We'll make, um, we'll shred them up, put them with uh, like a vinegar-based barbecue sauce, make like pulled venison sandwiches. I mean, there's just so many things you can do. It's basically venison ham is what it is, you know, and it's it's fantastic. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on it. I think so too, because I did I did come across a recipe like that, similar similar to that, on uh, Pinterest. And it's like. This could be some of like a fun one. I don't, I don't have, the, I don't have a, a quarter to do because everything I've, 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 from this past season I've already broken it down. But I saw, I saw somebody like, saw like venison and pastrami. It's like, hmm, this could be interesting. But man, that sounds delicious. It, it's pretty good. And I mean, and there's, a, there's a million different variations you can do with it. And another thing, I like to take that, that venison ham or even with backstrap. I'll do this with backstrap. If I'm smoking a backstrap, I will take, you know, my my favorite bourbon or whatever, which is, you know, wild turkey rare breed. Oh, yeah, and that's some good stuff. I'm a, I'm a bourbon guy, so it's like... That's what I'm just, drinking right now. Oh, nice. I'm not um, actually... I had to be... I be, had to behave because I have another podcast. Oh, I've seen that. How was that podcast? How was that uh, bourbon if right you, there? If you like Crown Royal, PX is as good or better. See, I have a friend of mine, uh, Shea Butler out of um, Illinois. He had TX, and it's like, it's not here in, in the cross yet. I tell you, man, I've got, well, I'm working on this smaller guy. You know, it was, <laughs> it was about here when we started. Yeah. But I've got the 1.75 upstairs and it, it like, I, I love my crown roll. I love my crown peach. You know, I love my, my regular crown. I love my wild turkey 101. Well, I've got some, you know, local Montana bourbons, but TX is probably number one on my list at the moment okay i was looking for somebody when you pull it up it's like i just saw this this past weekend it's like i want to buy a bottle 
Oh man, it. I'll, I'll probably have to mail you one because I freaking love it. I mean, it, it's like almost like crown vanilla, but better. Ooh, I like that. Sounds very buttery, very very smooth. Yeah, and I, and I I'm a big you know, I like mixing my 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 bourbons with clear pops. I'm a big you know seven and sevens, uh you know, seven up guy, and I'm telling you, if you like crown. You'll love this. Nice. What and what else were you mentioning, Lucas? So, this uh, whatever bourbon you like, I, I prefer the wild turkey rare breed or wild turkey long branch. But uh, I will actually take that and I'll take a backstrap, you know, and I'll cut it down to size, trim it up, get it ready, or that venison ham, and I will um, mix that bourbon with honey. And I will baste that backstrap or that ham as I'm smoking it, and it gets like a honey bourbon crust on it, Ooh. and it is phenomenal. Ooh, so man, that's... put a little bit of brown sugar in there if you want. It, it, it's so good. Man, you're talking dirty to me here, man. This sounds delicious. <laughs> but I, I will give a tip, quick pro tip. I don't know. Okay, pro tip's the wrong word. But quick tip. Um, what do you do with the neck meat on your venison? Let me ask you this. All that neck meat on venison, what do you do with it? I usually take the spine out, and then I smoke it. Well, that's one way to do it. I've never tried that. But what I do is I'll take the spine out and I will cut all that. Because that neck meat is kind of a tougher cut. I'll take that, especially off an old ruddy buck, and I'll make stew meat out of it. Oh, okay. And then you basically make like beef tips and rice or beef tips and noodles, but substitute the beef for those chunks of neck meat stew Ooh, meat. And it's yum. phenomenal. It's yum. so good. Yeah, see, I have, a, I have a brine that I like using for neck meat. It turns it has... Um, uh, pepper chips in it and you put enough of them in that kind of it gets a nice good bite with it and if you do nice low and slow for about eight hours but at like uh, 200 degrees man it just turned out delicious because i had a friend of mine two years uh, last uh, 2020 we were on hunting and one of them he shot he shot the duck the, the the buck right in the back of the spine there so it's like well i do like i like to use this like i'm gonna try something out real fu- real fast here so took took them took the the shot of the slug out cleaned up the wound then pulled the, pulled the esophagus out and pulled out the uh, um, spine. And then I just put it in a big, uh, put the entire thing in a big, large container, let it brine for 30 hours or so. And then we pulled it back out. We put it in the smoker. We used cherry wood for it. Oh, man, it kissed. Oh, man, it's delicious. Now, getting back to your mixture, what was your, you said you smoked it again for that, that, uh, that ham style out of the pastrami. Mm-hmm. What wood do you use to smoke? Oak. Oak. Okay. Now what does it deliver? How does it, is it, is it light? Is it like a heavier smoke? Is it, is it? It it just depends. We, we, we've got an old oak tree that fell down on one of our hunting properties and I, I uh, cut it up and I've been playing with it that, that I feel like the oak wood itself is easier to control the temperature with. It's a very forgiving, you know, it'll get real hot if you're not careful, but it's real, it's real easy. It's a real even heat. So I'll use my oak as the main source of, you know, my heat for the smoke. And then I'll throw, you know, like some, the, one of the farmers I got had a couple apple trees and apricot tree that fell down and I cut those up. So we'll use apple wood or apricot wood 
wood or heck i've even got some bradford pear wood that smokes real good oh yum i haven't i don't i don't have access yeah. to pear but i got a smoker for father's day even though it's a few months ahead and uh i've got some mesquite and i got some pecan wood and and, and so i've and some apple wood so i've been kind of experimenting especially like if you get a little curious about eggs uh eggs smoked game changer man it's you'll you'll Ooh. it's but what i recommend doing first is that you boil them first then peel them and then stick them in there uh you about 45 minutes uh, if you to an hour anything more than that will become it'll become rubbery but boy does it taste delicious and then i was surprised it didn't give me gut right i was i was uh, was concerned <laughs> that i'd probably clear out the house my wife would probably kick me out of bed but it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be I'm gonna take a spin on that. I'm gonna try some smoked deviled eggs. There, that's that's my next thing to do is smoked deviled eggs. You know, after I get them smoked, then um, uh, my wife has a girlfriend that just is has a a, a solid recipe for it. So um, she wants to try it next time. In, in in honor of turkey season, what do you normally do with the legs on your turkey? You know, I haven't got a turkey yet, so I, I don't. I'm I'm all ears. So. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways uh, that we've had that I've made turkey legs, and a lot of them have turned out real crappy, and a lot of them turned out real good. So, All right. the, the legs on the turkey, there's so many tendons in those in the legs. I mean, they're almost like bones. Yes. Um, what I like to do is I take a spin off of um, like a carne asada steak. Okay, I'm following you. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll cut the leg bone off. You know where the where the scales meet the meat is where I'll, I'll, I'll cut that joint and then I'll make a brine. Basically it's, it's cilantro, onions, uh, two limes, um, like a, um, a teaspoon of white vinegar. Um, and then you can put whatever seasonings in you want there. I usually put like a little bit of garlic and, uh, uh, a little bit of cayenne. I make carne asada a little different. All right. But, Yum. Sounds, sounds delicious. I'll take an orange and I will uh, take the take the peel off the orange and I'll you know I'll get all the oils out of the orange and throw it in there and I'll let that sit overnight in that bag and once okay. it, you know it'll turn it, it, it'll turn a little funny color just because of all the acid from the orange and the lime and the the vinegar and then you just throw it in a crock pot with a little bit of chicken stock and and uh, you just let her go on low for all day and you come home. You shred it, pull all the tendons out, and then you get a little bit of enchilada sauce with some corn tortillas. You dip that corn corn tortilla in the enchilada sauce, throw it in a hot skillet, you know, get that flavor in that in that corn tortilla. And then you take a little bit of olive oil, throw it down in another skillet, and take that pulled turkey leg meat, throw it in there and get a nice crisp on it. Boom, slap it in that corn tortilla, and you've got a bomb turkey leg tortilla. That sounds delicious. I know I watched uh, this recent season of Mediator, and they did a pressure cooker, and I thought that was pretty. Yep. I thought that was pretty fish too. But it's like I, I don't have a pressure cooker, but I do have a slow cooker. That's the thing. Sounds like we can make something like that happen. I don't have a pressure cooker either. That's you know I I love my crock pot, and I I'm I usually I'm usually I don't know 100 miles away from home every day at work, so I uh, I love that slow cooker. I can do about anything in it. Oh man, it's like especially when you get that mastered. It's a game changer. My dad was a construction worker for forty years and doing the long 12, 14 hour days and stuff like that. And that was what his go to was. Like if he knew was he was going to be a sun up to sun up sun up to sundown day, 
you would just put whatever he's putting in there, put it on low and cook it all day long. Especially like mm-hmm. you, and, and on Fridays when I'd go, when I would go from my mom to his place and he would have a uh, chuck roast to it. Oh, just delicious. Especially if he got some good shallots in there, man, you, you couldn't go anything wrong. I'm a meat and potatoes guy, man. So anything I can do with wild game and potatoes, I'm all about it. Heck yeah, man. That's the way all to be. Well, man, thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Lucas, man, those sounds like some delicious recipes. I don't know how I'm going to pull off that second one, but it's like you gave me some inspiration <laughs> here, man. But thank you guys for coming. Yeah, venison ham. That sounds real good. I'll have to see you. Well, hit up a local meat processor or make your own ham, man. But I, I cheat and go to that meat processor, and those guys are real good to me. I'll take them two or three deer venison quarters a year for a ham, and it comes out killer every time. So there we go. Hey, hey don't blame me. Fact, we're taking one on the hog strip with us. We're gonna smoke it, cut it up for sandwiches for the hog blind. Oh, beautiful! That's the best way to do it. This way, you don't have to worry about getting out and leaving for lunch. All right, folks. Well, thank you for tuning on to another episode of the Bucks of America podcast. You can find these guys on Instagram and Facebook. Check the show notes for the information to find the TikTok as well. And uh, you guys, thank you for tuning in for another episode. <laughs>